This is Coda Radio, episode 334, recorded on November 26, Crazy 218. Hey, y'all. Chris, and I'm fixing to do a Coda Radio from a Texas location in the future for all of you out there that are concerned about programming and maybe want to take a pragmatic look at that and the art and the business of it even, and maybe it's related technologies. My name is Chris and pre-recorded in the future from the beautiful Pacific Northwest, and I'm joined this week by my established host, Mr. Dominic. Hello, Mike. Hello, Chris, and this is Mike from the future. No. Who's probably using his powers of darkness to make Swift run on oh. every platform. You know, when you and I talk to each other from the future, I get excited because there's so many potentially amazing things that could yet to be happened that the hey, Those people... are my least favorite episodes of Star Trek. Really? Really? Because, oh, because nothing like the, like the crazy com badges and the, the beard. Well, unless we have different facial hair. Right. Yeah, so, right. My, my dream has been to have a, not a goatee, but like an evil goatee. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. Okay. See, in this episode, I thought you had a mustache and I had the soul patch. Is that, is that not this episode? Well, you are a very soulful gentleman. <laughs> well, I suppose, Mr. Dominic. But either way, uh, we are both in the middle of travel. And so we, we are pre-recording an episode and uh, soul patch or not. Actually, I got a question for you. Do you bring a razor with you? I do. It turns out I can totally bring my razor with me. Electric or old school? I'm old school. Mm, okay. Why are you electric? Yeah, I I stashed really? I truth, 100% truth. I stashed an electric razor at Linux Academy. And I would do this anywhere I go frequently. I stash nice. an electric I have one at the RV, I have one at the studio, and I have one in Texas. <laughs> I just go get the cheapest electric razor possible from the store, and I buy one, and I save it in the location I'm traveling. <laughs> Truth, I keep a go bag in my trunk. <laughs> oh, oh, that's why that's why the cute corporation has had such a hard time tracking you down. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, longtime listeners, meaning you know, within the last thirty days. Or depending on when in the future. You know what, uh, I'm Chris, sorry. This, this is the future. Stuff, no, no. This cute saga has been going on for like a solid six months at this point. Let's not. This has care. been. This has been the Thirty Years' War. This <laughs> has been. So, all right. I don't even know where to begin. Mm. I was evaluating using Cute for a recently launched product, and then you I talked told, about it on a fairly well listened podcast. <laughs> I didn't know it was fairly well listened. You didn't know. Okay. <laughs> I haven't asked for numbers in months because the less I know, the less liable I am. So true, so, true. Fair enough. That works. No. Um, so a there was a misunderstanding between myself and a sales rep from Q. Basically, it was about what defines an embedded device. Now, mm-hmm. since my product's completely public, I'm happy to discuss Griffin. We all know Griffin. I mention it every week because, yay. Um, Griffin runs on Microsoft Surface tablets and other tablets with uh, Linux, right? It is a radar display software made in partnership with a wonderful company in North Carolina who does radar display systems. Or, I'm sorry, radar hardware systems. We do the displays at TMB. Right. TMB is the mad botter. Google it. Buy something. 
Unless you're from Cute, then don't don't apparently. Don't well, I wrote the an application in Cute that I had to throw out after a conversation with a Cute sales rep who told me that I needed an embedded license. Right. I now, recall. yeah. The initial version of this application ran on Microsoft Surface tablets on Windows. I don't know about you, but there's nothing embedded about an i7. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, right. so that, that was kind that's of That's a desktop weird. PC. That's that's a desktop. After months of back and forth, I finally got from on high from the good folks in Boston what the hell they mean by embedded. Like, is this Basically, a phone call? Is this an email thread? Like, what are we talking uh, about? This is a number of phone calls. Ah. Uh, it got down to when they say embedded, they consider it embedded if I sell them the actual hardware. What? 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 Sell who the hardware? So there was a fundamental misunderstanding. Wait, so I do not resell. Yeah. So I do not resell Surface tablets. No. Or any generic Linux tablet, right, in my business. I am not a hardware vendor. No. I am a pure fact, software vendor. And like, uh, I would assume, ideally, it's the customer that's buying tablets and then deploying the software on those To my tablets. specifications, yeah. yes. Yeah. The original sales rep misunderstood that and thought I was building these tablets and selling them. Like as integrated devices. Right. So if I were, well, it's not just integrated devices, though. So in a world where I bought, let's say, 100 Microsoft Surface Pros and then sold them to some, you know, the Navy, let's just make, up, make something up, right? Then they claim I need a cute uh, uh, embedded license. That's, or you can go LGPL, but they, you know, the sales reps don't like to talk about that. <laughs> uh, Actually, it, neither do you. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, it's, I'm a little afraid of the LGPL. I'm like, no. Let's talk about BSD or MIT or Apache. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's let's play ball here. We can all be friends. Yeah. So, but that's not what I was doing, right? So this is this is you know what this is almost like a programming error where you have one little piece of data that was wrong, right? That led to a big problem. So the irony is I could totally have done what I was doing in Q and been fine. I wasted, well, I didn't waste, but you know, the original couple weeks in Q, whatever, it was a good proof of concept. And it, I don't even know what to say. Like I, the funny part is I still don't agree with them on the definition of embedded. Mm, yeah. Right. Like, but, but even that aside, so folks, if you were concerned, and I do feel kind of bad because I should have probably gone higher up on, you know, as a technical resource. Certainly, if you're writing software, as long as you are not, uh, you're fine. As long as you're dynamically linking, basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an attorney. This is not legal advice. Well, well, I appreciate that they wanted to actually clear the record with you. Yeah, that uh, was several hours of phone conversations. So, uh, you know, if you look at like um, some of the most successful magazines in the world, uh, they might have an annual distribution of, say, 180, 200,000 unique subscribers. I think I'm going to yell that by daddy here. Hang on. No, I'm just, I'm just letting you know. I'm just putting things in perspective. Uh, so, you know, that would be a successful magazine. Like maybe the world's most successful magazine might. Wait, don't make it... Wait you said 180? Yeah. See, the reality is they like to pretend like it's millions, but people that actually are receiving the magazine, it's 180, 200,000 a month. This explains a lot of the hate email I get. 
So no no so, our numbers yeah. our numbers are are much 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 higher than that. So you got to think of our numbers around the five hundred thousand mark. You see, I just I was just I just dropped oh. my pen. I was just doing a little quick math, but yeah. So we have we think about us like think about it like as like the most successful technology magazine in the market. That's our reach. It's not like the world's most successful website, like maybe ours, Technica, like technically, because they get millions. But it's, seriously, ours? I don't know. I'm just giving you an example. Right? Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, but it's, 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 so it's, it's somewhere between like the most successful tech website and the most successful magazine. So basically, I've subscribed to Linux uh, user and developer, and I'm, I should believe, and it's weird that we're doing this on the air, but I should believe that we have more distribution than they do without doubt so this is the part where everybody gets to write comments mike doesn't know how many people listen to the show because <laughs> we don't focus on that that's not mike I mean, doesn't know how many people listen to the that's show that's not what that's well that's not what our yeah. whole network's about that's i thought it was like maybe like two thousand a month yeah i know i'm looking i'm oh really no i'm looking i, I thought the, it was super low I'm, yeah i i thought we went okay now you, I am looking at the most conservative numbers I have right now. I'm not even I'm not even looking at like the optimistic numbers where maybe somebody downloads it at home and then continues listening at work. It is the most conservative numbers. Huh. You download behind a NAT, we're counting it once kind of thing. What if they go into like Stitcher? We're not even counting. I've heard not even not counting Stitcher. Where this is not counting YouTube, Stitcher or any video downloads either. Yeah, you know, this explains when I go to things like like DevFest Florida, and if I wear like a coder T-shirt or a TMB yeah. shirt, and by the like way, I should mention, me. I should mention, this okay. is just for 2018, right? So the the show has had six years of run. Wait a minute, cheesy bacon saying we're bigger than PC World? That's not possible. PC World's millions. It's got to be. Well, I mean, this is just one show on Jupiter Broadcasting. Oh, see, he's <laughs> like, let's not let's not get drunk now. Come you know, on. he's like, no, no, I. I actually haven't released these numbers yet, but um, LAN just surpassed 2.2 million downloads for 2018, and Linux Unplugged just surpassed 1 million downloads for 2018. Well, let me tell you something. Our original deal still stands. <laughs> I will be using these facts to advertise to you, me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. All right, moving forward. Yeah, it's been a 2018 has been a really good year. You know, we but wait focused- a minute. What if it's all hate mail? I mean, I get like <laughs> several thousand hate mail. Actually, <laughs> I'll say this: I feel like we've had the best Twitter engagement that we've ever had on this show. Like, you know, we had a, a really good one that I didn't put in the notes um, regarding me being elderly and angry. Yeah. I feel like, but I feel like the people that are engaging with us on Twitter, like it's, it's like it feels like a real genuine connection I'm having with somebody else in the field. Like, I've, I've the last like two months on Twitter for this show have been great. They've been the best they've ever we've been. Done a lot. Yeah, I tell you what, I you know I it's funny because time dilation aside, I was unavailable for one week. Yeah, and uh, and you and I have been. Let's say something. We have to stop. Have you read the book Salvation by Peter Hamilton yet? No. Right. It's a sci-fi novel about uh-huh. this fabulous technology called portals. Which uh-huh. you know what portals are. All right, is this on but, Audible? Um, Hold on, you've already it got is on me. Audible. You've already it got is on me. Audible. But imagine all the time you and I spend in airport security and lounges and like just waiting to get on planes and on planes if you have to go to texas i have to go to texas i have to go to new york or north carolina or wherever you just walk on and you're there five steps you know in in a funny way in a really backwards funny way this is why i prefer to drive because it i know i prefer to drive completely it takes way way longer but i'm immediately applying time to accomplishment 
you know what I mean? Like, well, I just listen. I get to, I get to like not be groped by the TSA. Oh, That's my whole thing. You got to get pre. What what do I search for on Audible? What do I what should I? Uh, search? Salvation by Peter Hamilton. I'll just put a link in the. No, channel. yeah, I'm getting this. So this is this is happening. It's so good. I mean, it's. I was so mad. I didn't know it came out this year. I was so pissed because I went to buy the second for the second. It's a trilogy. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm flying out on Sunday. This is what I'm going to listen to. So it's 19 yeah, it's, hours. It's, Holy crap! No, I. I, I've been, you know what? I had, I dropped my Kindle on yeah. so many planes. I got woken up by so many people saying, "Mister, are you okay?" Really? <laughs> the best thing to do is to answer. That's a simple question with a very complicated answer. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna steal that. All right, you I'm gonna steal that, yeah. I'm gonna put a link to that in the. In uh, fact, if we ever do T-shirts or coffee cups again, we should say Code Radio. That's a simple question with a very complicated answer. That is good. We should do. We. I actually. That's have, what I said to clients. Although you're stealing my sales pitch here, but that's yeah. That's good. I've been thinking we should like do like a refresh on our look to like represent like. I, I agree. Yeah, we got to like represent right. Like the show has. It, it, well, it's, no, it's very 2012. It's yes. very iOS like 70. Right. So we need to refresh the look, but I, I uh, yeah, we should talk more about that. Um, All right, so me and Q are good now. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I love you. Are you? I, I'm really not sorry, actually. It's kind of your fault, but yeah. let's just let it go. Yeah, there's yeah. been a lot of confusion there. So, All right, uh, so if you had a Leo? time machine, though, would you still be? I got to ask. Would If you had a time machine, would you still be using Q? If you could go back now knowing what you know. Right, right. That's a good question. Um, let me think about my answer. That is a simple question with a very complicated <laughs> answer. <laughs> you bastard. That's so true, right? That's so you set me right up for it. I mean, so you just true. set it right up there. All right, let's jump to Leo. So Leo writes in. He went over to uh, Coder Radio. Nope, Coder.show slash contact. He might have gone to CoderRadio.radio.com. Anyways. Oh, fun fact, I own the Coder Radio domain, so I could just redirect that. Nice, you should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah to Coder.show. Uh, he says, hello, I love the show, even though I'm not much of a programmer. I'm 24, and I'm turning 25 next year. And my question is simple. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> and then what I love is that he's 25 asking this. He says, is it too late for me to get into programming in order to get a job? I've dabbled with learning C++ in Java before uh, and in my free time, but due to events in my life, never pass the learning phase to the development phase. What do you think? Is it is it too late at twenty five? Well, start? Leo, that's a simple question with a one word answer. No, it, it yeah. it's not too early. It's at all. super Go. not too late. It's super super duper not too late. If you were writing this email and you were forty years old, I would say it's not too late. I would give you the exact same answer. Right? It's you know what. Figure out what you want to do, what kind of development you want to do, what technology you're passionate about. Obviously, listen to JB, so you might be a bit of a hippie. You might, your beard may be several feet long, but whatever, right? Like if you, if you, um, maybe I wouldn't recommend diving directly into C++. <laughs> although you said Java, because there's more ways to get hurt there. But, you know, the future is, well, as, last, as Chris would tell you, the HomePod. No, it's Rust. Oh, savage. No, but really, that was that was brutal. You caught me off guard with that one. Misa, very upset with you, Chris. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Figure out what you want to do. Java's fine. I, although I would say if you want to learn Java, take a look at Kotlin, because that's... I mean, we have a story in the doc for the show that we're going to ignore it like we traditionally do. Sure. But Kotlin's gaining momentum and mindshare yeah. at a rate that's Stank. shocking. Right. It's... So if if you really like the Java ecosystem, I would um, maybe some Android dev on Kotlin. Chris, what do you think? 
Yeah. You know, I actually feel like we should take a moment and maybe we should just reduce expectations. Um, I feel like we need to... We need to have Amazing. a little, yeah. We need to have some lowered expectations because when you're outside the industry, there is this mystique about software developers, like they have God mode privileges in life, where they can spontaneously create life from applications. It's not how it works. In fact, Leo, if you're asking these questions, you're probably further ahead than most people that were in actually already in the software development field. And I don't mean to be... Can you pass FizzBuzz? I don't mean to be disrespectful to people listening to the show, but many people in the software development field don't have any idea what they're doing. And they're just Googling it as they go along. And if you're... Chris, now come on. If you're going to talk about me directly, I mean... (laughs) Who doesn't? I thought that's what Linux Unplugged was for. (laughs) Yes, I heard it the other week. You know, it's just one of those things, though, where, like, you have to learn as you go. And if you're asking these questions and you have a passion for this field, then you may be more qualified than... 75% 75% of the people that oh, are already the, in the, the field. fact that you're listening to podcasts in a show called Coder Radio. Hell, if you were just listening to that awful BSD Now show, that would be fine too. <laughs> so I think Leo is probably better off than most people. And uh, then he's asking if he's too young at 25. You know, Chris, I will bet you a beer. I, Leo, you should email me again. Email me directly and copy Crazy Man over here on it. Yeah. We will send you FizzBuzz online. I, if you pass it, Chris owes me a beer, and if you fail it, I owe him a beer. Dude, I bet you by Linux Fest Northwest, he has a job. Oh, that's way away. I bet you by Jan 1, he has a job. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, the next one comes in from a guy named Ryan. He says, please discuss how you evaluate open source libraries, frameworks, or software for inclusion in your own projects, especially if those projects are part of a production system. Thanks, and keep up the awesome work. So I think what Mike does is he he evaluates them from a position of fear. <laughs> that is correct. I curl up into a uh, defensive crouch. <laughs> and unless I see the following letters, I ignore them. MIT, PSD, or Apache. And it better be Apache too. I think that we should all make those businesses fail. Now why? This seems unreasonable. Well, we just talked about my whole thing with Q, right? Like, because the LG, it's hard and confusing and it could cost you a lot of headaches if you get it wrong it's negative in the freedom dimension. that's just the licensing side thing yes let's assume that you're not as uh let's say conservative with my patented high pitch which it makes me sad now that i know how many people heard that (laughs) i should grab that somebody grab the real somebody needs to grab that and send it to me conservative go grab that I'll soundboard it. Um, you know, I will not pull in a gem or I'm using gem, obviously Ruby gems, but let's just use the word gem to mean package or we could just use package that hasn't been updated in like a year from GitHub. right? Oh God, dude. Cause I'm not crazy. Oh. I mean, I don't do anything. And we've talked about this before. I don't do anything below version 1.0. Sure. As a rule, that's an arbitrary rule, but it helps me weed out the, like, for instance, I have a package called Kurt, uh, Kurtz.js, named after Kurtz from the Heart of Darkness. That's a JavaScript package. It's 0.02 or 0.01 or 0.0. No, sorry. It's 0.0.2. So I wouldn't even ship that. Um, it's on GitHub if you're really curious. Hmm. But, yeah, that I mean, I don't know. I do tend to, like, look at the code. I mean, I don't do a deep analysis of it. 
Um, but again, I, I am pretty conservative on this. I, I tend to use packages. For instance, if I'm on Cocoa Pods, I don't go off the beaten path. I use packages that are generally accepted by the iOS community. If I'm in Rails, again, I, I tend to try to use the bigger gems. Um, I have rolled my own gems for private use or for private customers once or twice, but I don't think that's really what you were asking about because that's kind of a different ballgame. Yeah, I don't know, Chris. I, I feel like in a way this is like how much risk do you take on your dependencies is really what what the uh, what the Ryan is asking here. Man, and I I, I take know. very little. I yeah, I I, uh, I would agree that that's the way to go. I just had a conversation this morning about a uh, a series of different exploits that are in different um, repositories for. <laughs> For a lot of different open source projects, we're thinking about doing like a, uh, a uh, an overall recap for TechSnap on like these are all of the open source projects that you use that have software repositories Dude. built into them that have vulnerabilities, and it's just can I can I just stop you real quick? Yeah. So how many times are you going to mention OpenSSL? Is it like one <laughs> for OpenSSL? It's is bad. It, or is it cr- is it well, chronological? How many? Order? I mean, like how many different versions and like all of it? It's just it's really staggering. It's it's humbling when you look at it. And I I don't know I don't know exactly how to tackle it because the argument is a little stale at this point. It's the same argument you could apply to Docker Hub, the same argument you could apply to Ruby, the same argument you could apply to Snaps or Flatpaks. Everything. Every, every, every development platform has some sort of package manager, right? Yeah. That's why I'm trying to not say gem, but yeah. I was just yeah. coding in Ruby this morning. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I know. And Wes put it in a really good way. He's like, right now we're still in the ascent of all of these platforms where they are trying to solve a problem. They're optimistic they're enthusiastic they're they're really pushing forward and it's the ascent but there will be a reckoning there will be a winter where all of this comes due and uh the sys admin i don't know it's not even the sys admin i was gonna say the sys admin in me but really it's the uh maybe it's the maybe it's the pen tester maybe it was the security auditor whatever it is like there's a part of me that is getting extremely anxious by all of the software that is built on what feels like, if you'll excuse the cliche, um, a house of cards. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I wish, in fact, one of us disagreed. But um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I I have come to the point where you got to remember I, I've been doing this on a limited number of platforms for a long time, right? So. For instance, when I didn't like what happened to ASI HTTP, which was a great networking platform on iOS back in the day, and we're going back to like 2010 here, I wrote my own called MD Networking. And I used that for several years until Alamo Fire came out. Or actually, it wasn't even called Alamo Fire. Alamo Fire is the new version. It was called AF Networking. But I, I really don't like to have a bunch of little dependencies. Right. I just, I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you get bit in the butt a few times and... You know, you develop that uh, that persuasion. Uh, Ryan W. writes into the show. He says, hey, guys, great show. I started listening a few months ago and love the show. Finally, someone I can talk nerd with. <laughs> he says, I just wanted to provide some insight on the part of Coda Radio about how Red Hat employees felt let down as they didn't find out about the... Somebody said Red Hat, take a shot. I know, right? As they didn't find out about the announcement until well after the announcement was made. Well, I worked at Intel, and this happens all the time. 
since IBM and Red Hat are public companies on the stock market, they aren't allowed to say anything or warn their employees. You can imagine insider trading and media leaks that would be possible if everyone was informed ahead of time. Intel, I did imagine I had my Robinhood app open, ready to roll. Damn it. <laughs> Intel is the first public company I've worked at. So I've always felt a little let down when Intel makes a big announcement, like the hardware bugs found this year or <laughs> our CEO getting fired out of nowhere and uh, product announcements that came what seemed like to me as an employee out of nowhere, etc., etc. It goes on. I think that's just life in a public company, unfortunately. One thing that I think of, didn't Red Hat recently denounce ButterFS and then Facebook open sources all of their code, which includes ButterFS, which they clearly are using, which they think is a great file system? I wonder if that was IBM's doing. And I bet both companies agreed they were in talks at that point. Just a theory. I don't know. Well, I don't think any of that about uh, ButterFS is true. See our coverage of Project yeah, Stratus. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't buy that. I mean, but, I, I don't want to get into the file system thing, but... You know, I'll just say from a, a, a recent acquisition that I have some familiarity with, that, yeah, you, you do go through the majority of the process without informing the general staff. Now, in the case of the situation that I was familiar with, the general staff had a solid 30 days, heads up. So I don't, and nobody seemed to leak it. It did actually leak the morning of the announcement, which was delayed by a week because I was in the hospital. Not that I have direct experience, but so the company knew for a, for, for a solid five weeks, like all staff knew. Talking about JB. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. we all knew. Yeah. Right? Like was, well, I had to let you guys know, of course. I didn't want to surprise you. And like, well, I, I spent a month not making fun of Linux hippies. I, I, I thought <laughs> I was telegraphing that. I, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to get fired immediately. Like, that. geez. So uh, there are obviously different ways um, of handling those kinds of announcements. And it, you know, it changes as the company scales. But I'm not, I don't know, man. I feel like the Red Hat thing was still a bit rushed. Like the staff is the number one asset of that company. And so if you piss them all off and they leave, you've basically devalued the company. So you got to handle that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have nothing nice to say about the Red Hat IBM thing. I, I, not that this show has ever been nice, but I feel like it's almost a waste. Like, now, why? IBM is a bad company doing really? bad things. Really? Bad really? Right. Like, Isn't this them? What about them seeing so, okay, the light? So they, they've we, seen we, the light. No, bullshit. I will eat my hat if domestic and high-wage high, high wage country Red Hat employees don't get whacked. What's your timeline so you, here? Uh, I don't know what my timeline is. It all depends on the... See, I am not a finance guy. It all depends on the financial machinations and contracts and things like that. I just... Um, I don't know. I, I knew some people used to work for IBM. I've seen what they can do when they decide. You know, IBM is effectively a consulting company. And I have no disrespect for some of the great work they've done, Watson, things like that. But their bread and butter is straight up consulting. And sales, and they are, yeah. They, they're basically an offshoring shop. Which, if you're a longtime listener, you know I'm not a big fan. Though I've learned to make my peace. Uh, I will tell you, can, can I take a side tangent here? 
Always. So, always. Okay. So Disney, uh, you know, I live in Florida now. Disney had a very large IT and development shop down here. It was theirs. It was in-house. So it was Disney. It was Disney, whatever they called it, right? Cool. And they did what was called in the papers as pulling an IBM. They fired all the Floridian workers and offshored everything to uh, the no. to India and the Far East. They framed it as pulling an IBM. The local news. Well, you got to remember, uh, it, I'm in the South, buddy. So, <laughs> Yikes, though. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and I have to say, like, that is not good for a tech community in any local area. So I, I hope IBM is as good as their press release. That's all I'm going to say on it. Hmm. Wow. Wow. I don't know. I thought you'd be all on board, Mr. Business, Mr. Capitalist. I thought you'd be all on board with this. I think you should rewind to 2014 and, and tell me exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> By right. the way, if you're a new listener, I urge you. What year was Swift release? I urge you to listen to that WWC episode. <laughs> we should do I, more live shows just in case that happens. No, I don't think we should. I, in fact, I, I don't. I don't know, don't. man. Like, I agree in one way, but the other way, it's like it's like a cornerstone of this episode, of these shows. Like, we should. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, you're Mr. Numbers today. I, I have to imagine that's one of our more popular episodes. You know, I don't have numbers on that one. Yeah, that that yeah, is a good it, question. It, I can tell you, I got a lot of interesting, and yeah. when I say interesting, I mean, you know, whenever you, have an episode, <laughs> <laughs> whenever you have an episode where someone can email you and say that you're a rapacious capitalist who only cares about himself, and then another one can say that you're a communist hippie who hates progress. You did a good episode right there. You, you hit a good mark. You hit, I think that we stable. should all make those businesses fail. Yeah, that's a, that's a two RMS. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a double it. RMS. Mm-hmm. You know, to double. Say, to, so if you haven't heard it, say that I was a little surprised and upset by Swift. Yeah, let's just go with that. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, bringing us back to the end of 2018, uh, I have to ask you, like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do to make sure that 2019 isn't yet another year where you struggle with hardware? Because I got to be honest, I think I'm pretty much there, man. I've I as of like three months ago, I think I landed on my ideal hardware setup. I haven't been on this show bitching about my hardware setup, and the recent discussion I had about the iPad Pro really only augments what I'm already doing. But you, on the other hand, just burned through a couple of laptops, and your prospects are looking bad. I just want to say for the end of the year episode this year, I want to go through every machine I've destroyed this year. Yeah, and we should <laughs> we play should like, like we should have some like heart music underneath. <laughs> Like the end of the Hunger Games, where they fire the cannons every time someone <laughs> dies. Should do. Uh, yeah, I currently do not have a laptop because of time dilation. But when you hear this, I'm almost sure I will have a MacBook Pro. So, uh, I did acquire a System seventy six Oryx when I got back to Florida. Thank you, time dilation, and I have been reviewing it, and I do not like it. Um, it is not a bad machine. It really? is just not appropriate for my very heavy travel schedule. All right, back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. So, uh, what's the price range for this system? According to the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution. Oh, really? You don't want to say because you're embarrassed how expensive it, was, it is. It was. I was in MacBook Pro territory. Holy! Like, it was. <laughs> how much RAM? How much RAM? Thirty-two gigs. Oh. All right. So I can just tell you. Okay. I, I, All right. Thank- I tweeted it out, so it's not like it's a big deal. 
jeez, I gotta go on my own Twitter. That's like, <laughs> see, going on my own Twitter is like the morning you wake up with a bottle oh, of Hendrix next to you, and you're like, oh no. And then all of a sudden, it's all Kara Swisher just right down the damn. It line. really is. It's crazy. We're never you and her. That die. You and her. We ju- we just can't. Although we agreed, uh, uh-uh, we got along. Yeah. The week. Recently, it's been nice. I gotta say, it's gotten how do I pleasant. All right, so I have a problem here because I don't use Twitter very much, Old like man. looking at people's feeds other than replying. I thought I posted a picture. Can I just link to that? Uh, yes. Plain. Oh, here it is. <laughs> I conveniently didn't include the price. Hold on. Uh, Hold on. Chris and Mike get old on Twitter real quick. Let's see. Yeah, how- hang on. <laughs> right, let, me just, let me see. So it's a... Uh, yeah. How much is it? I'm just kidding. I, I like how Coyote thinks Mike802 is me. It is not me. No. No, oh, no I like that they're fighting, though. <laughs> they're he's fighting. fighting. He's fighting like it is you. <laughs> oh, I... Holy tell, come on, uh, tell me the specs, and let's see if I can guess it. And then you tell me how close I get. All right. I'll just read it. Okay, Pop OS, yeah, it doesn't matter, right? 6 gigabyte GTX 1060 with uh, 1280 CUDA, 15.6 MAT, 1080p. I did not go for the 4K. 4.1 i7, blah, 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 12 Ooh, threads. you went big on that. Oh, did I go big, Chris? Uh, 32 gigs. It was $30 off. I just want to say that. Uh, 500 gig NVMe, $25 off. No additional M2 drive and a one point uh, one terabyte two point five SSD. Hmm. Huh. That's tricky. So you upped the CPU and you upped the storage and you compromised on the screen, is what I'm hearing. Uh, actually, on Linux, I I actually prefer the uh, the Mac, yeah, uh, the 1080p yeah. rather. But so. I mean, from like a price standpoint, it's a compromise. Yeah, the 4K sucks on Linux, but we can keep going. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to guess, um, so you said 512 MVNE, 32 gigs of RAM, 4.2 gigahertz, i7, 15.4 inch, 1080p display. How You didn't price say- Price is right rules. Remember, price is right rules here. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say $2,200. Did you just configure it? No. No, I just totally- $2,232.09. $2, I brought up the receipt. No, that's not. Yeah, that's the sign we buy too many computers, dude. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I was like, did he just like go into the thing and build it? <laughs> yeah, that's a bad sign. That's not a good sign. So that's not something to be proud all right. of. So the, I have no idea what's going on in the chat room, but we're just gonna ignore it. My, so I'm gonna do a quick review of the Oryx Pro. Yeah. People who yell at me on Reddit every week for talking about hardware. Now that I know that you're a vast minority of the listeners, which Chris should never have told me, who are you gonna do this all the time? Uh. It is a great machine. I actually like it a lot. Even It is not appropriate for me, and let me tell you why. I am not a 100% developer anymore. Oh. Oh, here we go. Right. I am half a sales guy because I have to travel, as we know, much to the chagrin of Lady Angela all the time. Whether I'm driving somewhere else in Florida or flying to Texas or New Jersey or Pennsylvania, wherever I'm going. Right. I need a machine that, ha- that is small enough that I can fit in a briefcase and has battery life that's long enough that if I get in a bind and I don't have good access to a power outlet, I can function for at least like five or six hours. Yeah, and that is unfortunately fairly common. Like you can even get unreliable power when you're traveling, mm-hmm. like the whole range. The plane might not have a plug-in at all, or like you got to unplug at certain points in time, or you get a seat when you're waiting to board that doesn't have a plug-in. I mean, you know, last week we talked about... Um, you know, my difficulties in travel with delays and whatever. 
this was this is the thing that pushed me over the edge in addition to me frying out my Galago Pro. So I uh, you 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 kill a Galago Pro and your your thought process is I'll go order an Oryx? Have you ever noticed that I drink a lot? I'm half kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to answer like, ah. That would make some sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Okay. Longtime listeners know that I've had two perverse dreams. Pro level tablets, which cost me forty thousand dollars, and laptops <laughs> as desktops, yeah. but also with the battery life of yep. Ultrabooks that has cost me Actually, I think we're almost tied at this point. I think we're getting there. The laptops are getting there. Yeah. I mean, I mean to be fair, like, so when you own a small business and you've got contractors and you've got employees, there's never really like a wasted computer. I'm not trying to give you an excuse, but I'm this just... This is the irony. I am not actually going to return the Oryx. It's just going to be given to a dev who works here. Yeah, right. Like right. Yeah. So it's like, it's not that it's, it's not, you can't say that it's money well spent, but it's not a total loss either because now somebody else on your team has a new computer, <laughs> right? So like, yeah. that's, I'm not saying that's how I justify it, but it's a factor. It is. And also the tax write-off is a factor as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's not go into that, but I mean, I, you know, Chris, this has been a, a, a rough journey for me on this whole hardware stuff. It has, yeah. I really wanted it to be the case that I could buy one laptop that would have the expansion capabilities and do everything I need. And that's just not the case. Wrong. Right? It's, it's just... Wrong. Yeah. No, so I, 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 you're re- you're yeah. crazy. You're wrong. And the answer is right in front of you and you just don't see it. All right, tell me what it is. No, I, no, I mean, I don't want to interrupt. I want to hear what you did, but... Then I'm going to tell you how well, wrong no, it is. Well, no, I can tell you what I did. I, I ordered the Oryx because I was frustrated that my Galago was dead. Sure. And, you know, I wanted a laptop. I've been happy on Linux. The other, the only other real alternative for me is a, a MacBook, which, tweet me tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, my Galago was dead. I gave away my MacBook Pro, as people who listen to last week's show know. So... What option did I have? Are you going to tell me about the USB-C daisy chain dongle lifestyle? Yeah, I am. That's exactly- Oh, get yeah. out of town. No, That's- no, no. I am going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell you about it, and you need to listen, son. Now, I understand. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Is no. it, wait, it's not an intervention, though, right? <laughs> no, it is. It is. Okay. It is. Okay, let me hear it, then. I mean, I appreciate that both you and I are scheduled to attend a System 76 event in Denver, Colorado. And uh, uh, what I'm about to say I, makes I don't. That- I don't think... I don't think- well, one, you, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. No, you yeah. were going to, but now that I'm I was about going to, say to this, but you can't. Weddings. Uh, and I, I don't think they appreciate any of this no, right now. No, no, no. So here's the thing. Um, you gotta, you just gotta wrap your head around Thunderbolt 3, son. You just gotta, you just gotta embrace Thunderbolt 3. So let me tell you something. Uh, I got the iPad Pro now, and that's where I'm, I have shunted all of my electron based application workflows to the iPad where I have native applications and I have 24 hours of battery life. Then on the old laptop, I have gone with a Lenovo ThinkPad T480 that has a Thunderbolt 3 port and uh, attached to that Thunderbolt 3 port, brace yourself, I have an NVIDIA GPU Lenovo dock. Oh my 
God, you're going external GPU? I got an external GPU, baby, with two monitors. You're sick to bastard. Yep. What are the specs on the GPU? Oh, well, it, it's nothing. It's, a, it's, it's it's a GTX 1060, I think. I mean, it's not it's not like a it's not a blow your face off graphics, but it means when I when I take the laptop and I unplug it from that Thunderbolt 3 cable, I've got Intel everything and I've got like 8 to 9 hours of battery life in a Linux machine. And it it's a, it's a 1080p display. I give you that, but I've got Ethernet built in. I've got USB A. I've got USB C. I've got Thunderbolt, and I have got one of the best keyboards I've ever had in a computer ever. It is a great freaking keyboard. And whenever I come back to my office, I plug in Bob's your uncle. I've got a GPU. I've got two extra monitors. I've got a couple of USB devices. I've got some big speakers, and I'm good to go. And if I need to do something on the NVIDIA graphics, it's all built in. The NVIDIA driver just detects it. I switch over from the Intel stuff to the NVIDIA stuff. And Richard's my uncle. I'm off to work. And it it really is. I mean, it's just, it's so much, it's so much simpler than what you're trying to get at. You are going at this from a 2002's perspective. And in 2018, you get yourself a tablet that runs iOS, which iOS equals mainstream applications. I I travel like a maniac right now. That's one of the reasons we're even recording right now is because as we record this, I'm in the air. And, well, I mean, as it releases. <laughs> so I book all of these flights and I book where I park my car, the lot that I park my car at. I book the, the rental when I get to Texas. I book the hotel. I book the flight. I book the lounge. I book... The food I want to eat on the flight, all of it is done with apps, not a web page, not a program, with a web with a with an app that is probably a web app inside an app, to be honest, but it is an app. And I do all of that with my little toy computer that doesn't hook up to Thunderbolt, that just does those things. It runs those proprietary service-specific applications. And then on my computer, where I can run anything I want, I have a Lenovo ThinkPad T480 that is pretty powerful. It's got 32 gigs of RAM. It's got an i7 mobile processor in it. It's got a terabyte NVMe drive and a 1080p screen with, like I said, one of the best keyboards I've ever used in a computer. And then if I need more than that, when I'm sitting down at my desk, I hook it up over Thunderbolt 3. I go into a dock, multiple monitors. One of them is horizontal. One of them is vertical. And I got an NVIDIA card built into the damn thing. And I'm hooked up to Ethernet. And and what you're trying to do, where you're trying to put all the power in the laptop, it's never going to work, my friend. you got to break wait, it off. Don't, don't you have like... Wait, 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 wait. It's never going to work. No, I know it's not going to work. So my answer is tower travel laptop with good battery life right yeah that would work that would be great that would also work so it's like linux power tower macbook right or macbook pro but yeah that, that seems you're, like you're the not answer. including the tablet in there though so uh i think well the and tab- the tablet i mean the tablet is i ironically i don't mention the tablet the tablet's what i use probably most of the time yeah right if i'm tapping out an email or whatever right or booking a flight but every once in a while, I need to like make a build on the fly or right. like SSH. Right. Although ISSH, as we talked about last week, <laughs> so so things are changing. I will give you that. I just don't feel like I'm there yet for the iPad to be my travel. No, no, absolutely not. But I think trying to buy something like the Oryx Pro, uh, it's just um... it was the wrong it was the wrong thought process for me. Now, if you just like want a laptop to move around rooms, but you basically work at home or you work in an office, I actually think it's a great dev station. Right. If it, right. Like compiling a 
spoiler alert, we're doing a follow-up product to Alice. Compiling that on it was really, really, really fast. But it doesn't have good battery life, at least not. And it does have a clever thing where you can switch from uh, Intel to the NVIDIA card, which does improve your battery life. But it's, it's not enough for someone who travels like you no. and I do, I feel. like Yeah. If you're moving from one room to another room, if you're doing a 30-minute meeting with your laptop, it's it's great for that. If you have a power cord at your desk at work and you have a power cord at your desk at home and you're moving your laptop between work and home, it's good. It's great. It's great for that. I, I say that as I have an Oryx and a Bonobo out in the other room right now, and they're both hooked up to power. <laughs> like this is this is one of the weird situations where the Oryx is a great machine for the people who work for me, but not for me, because I'm the only guy who actually goes on the road and does sales right now. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, I, I feel like you're still not quite. I'm not, quite, I'm not hearing the gospel. You're not quite, you're not wrapping your head around the good right, so word of Thunderbolt 3. Well, like, okay. so the thing is, is you invest in one dock and then you have multiple machines that take advantage of that singular All investment. Right. So, 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 so not that I emailed the, uh, the Apple rep that works with me during recordings, but I asked him to spec out and quote out a 15 inch Mac Pro with a uh, Radeon card. Is it that you're telling me that I should go... But I prefer the 13-inch form, form factor for any laptop, frankly. Um, in when, fact, the Galago... When, when you're in a hotel room, when you're on an airplane, when do you need a video card? Have you ever needed a video card in those particular instances? Well, there was that one time uh, me and you were in that hotel room right. that we don't talk about. Yeah, well, that, that, that thing is GPU-accelerated for Intel as well. <laughs> I was... Wow. Jeez. Hey, all right. Hey, first person VR uh, virtual porn is extremely GPU intensive. It's true. We've established that we've never actually met. So, <laughs> and not on air. Uh, actually, have we not, said that on air? Like we we, we did on air. Oh, we did on air okay. on the last show. Okay. Or I thought we did. Well, I, I that might have been pre-show for all I know. Oh, jeez. I know. Um, that, that's why people got to show up over at jblive.tv and listen. No, you you make it. You actually make a tremendously money-saving point here. When I am traveling, I am effectively a sales guy. Right. Like, I need to be able to run the software, but I don't necessarily need to be able to build everything. You're in ration mode, in a way. You're just surviving. Am I a MacBook Air customer? Well, no, you're, you're just, you're just a, you're an Intel video customer. Think about that. Because you can take a machine that is okay. basic graphics with a good processor and a good amount right. of RAM, and then when you get home, you plug it in over Thunderbolt 3, you got a nice GPU, you're good to go. And, and it's working really good on Linux. I don't have a lot of experience with Windows or Mac OS, but on it's Linux... Terrible. It's, it's terrible on Windows. The only the only on tip Mac, I give you on, on the only tip I give you on Linux is to make things really smooth is p p plug in the dock when your laptop is powered off and boot up that way. So you don't. I mean, this is nothing to do with Code Radio, but hey, it's just a tools episode. You don't experience any latency with GPUs over USB uh, Thunderbolt. Well, no, it's not USB C Thunderbolt. So Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt three right. is a PCI connection. So the video card is on essentially like a PCI four X lane. Which, uh, granted, isn't 16x, but it's still better right. than what I thought. The, it was, I thought it had like less throughput than a rather regular PCI Express. It right. does, but it's still on the PCI bus, so it's you know it might be 2x or, or 4x depending on the laptop, but it's not you know it's still it's still it's still better than what the integrated graphics is. It's nice. 
It is. It even accelerates just the built-in screen. So even if I didn't have external monitors, my built-in screen gets the graphics. It's doing round trip. There's enough bandwidth that it can send the stuff to the GPU in the dock and then send the results back. And then the Intel card must be doing some sort of buffer pass, and it's just dumping it on the screen. And I am well, able, even on my built-in on my built-in screen, I can take advantage of external graphics. So the the specific use case I was thinking about. And uh, leaking from the top five here, compiling ML.net on a laptop on the road if I need to change something. I guess you could always bring, like, so in the case of the Lenovo graphics dock, it is the same size of an average Thunderbolt 3 dock. It's pretty small. But there are some huge docks, like Blackmagic right, makes the one. The pain of doing that on the Galago was, I mean, it was, it was, it was significant. Like... Because Galago is, an, like you were saying, it's an i7, but it's an Intel i7. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it, was a, it was a serious process. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but on the Oryx, I mean, this is where I would be positive on the Oryx. It was lickety-split. Right. That was the idea, right, is you take advantage right. of the built-in. So I, I could, this, this graphics GPU dock that I have for my ThinkPad, it, it would take up as much space in my bag as an audio interface. I mean, it's, it's no big deal. It's totally, it's totally packable, but you would, you're saying you, I don't think you'd need to, right? I mean, I don't don't really think you need to, if you go back to your desktop idea, you could also just remote desktop into a machine that has a great built-in GPU, but then you need good remote connectivity, which I don't know, man, that's tricky. Like when you're doing like, well, I I always carry a MiFi, so it's like not, it's yeah, but it matters okay. more like, okay, the demo is up. You know, you got to do the demo and you got a few minutes, <laughs> you know, like there's sometimes where it's really, 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 really nice to have that processing local, especially if you're on a deadline, if you're about to give a demo, that's where having the local well, processing really matters. I mean, like once or twice a year, I get into these situations where I'm doing a demo and I like, there's an error and I notice yeah. it, you know, the night before the demo and I want to fix but it, recompile the night the before thing. you could do remote desktop. Right. So, yeah, that might be a solution that works for you. You got to embrace it. You got to think about it. You got to change the way you're thinking about this because this isn't going to – you can't go through 2019 like this. You can't do it. This is an inter- coder intervention. Somebody bang suggested. You got to. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 be positive. How about we go to the GitHub top programming languages chart? Oh, yeah? Where, where is this uh, now? Uh, it's a link in the show notes, 334. I'll tell you what you're talking about. You're, are you talking about the DigitalOcean survey that they did? I, I'm talking about the GitHub one. No, there's there's no GitHub one linked in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, there is. No, there's not. I'm looking at it. No, you're not in the right doc, buddy. No, I'm in 334. What are you talking about? I'm in 334. Yeah, yeah. I don't see you here. You're in. You're in. I, I don't see you here. <laughs> you know, this you is gotta, the part. This is the part of the show where Mike live slacks Chris the doc. You got to give us credit, though. For 334 episodes, we've actually never had that problem. We've been working on a different talk this whole time. <laughs> this whole thing, really, this is how you can tell how closely we follow the script on this show. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. would be the talk that I just sent you. A little sauce has been revealed, but it's for the better, I think. I think the audience should know. Well, they should know. Right, well, anyway, while, while Chris opens the doc, so the top three fastest growing languages by contributors as of September 30th, 2018. Number one. Guess. In fact, it's good you didn't see the doc, Chris. Guess. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, hmm. 
I would normally say if this was like three years ago. It's I would, not Rust. I may have me help you. It's not Rust. No, I would have said that last year. I would have said that last okay. year. But okay. if this was three years ago, I would say JavaScript. Sure. Nope. Not uh, even on the, not if, even top ten. If actually, this was last like, year, I would say Rust. This year, I got two contenders in mind, and I don't. I don't. Tell me the two, feel, me the two before you make a pick. All right. I don't feel strong about either one of them. It's Go and Swift. Go is in the top ten. Swift is not even. Didn't even. Really, really. Hotlin. No, really. Absolutely. According to GitHub, it has two point six times the contributors over last year. Kotlin coming in for the win by a big margin. Kotlin coming in hard. Before that, uh, number two is HCL, which is a specialty thing. Sure. That we don't cover here. No TypeScript. Number pretty three. popular though. Fucking TypeScript. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Linuxing TypeScript. Ah, jeez. PowerShell though number four, and then Rust at number frickin' right. five. I I have a bone to pick with number four. Oh yeah. PowerShell scripts are effectively C sharp scripts. That's yeah. Fair enough. It's yeah. And number five. I mean, do we because... put if you put if you're counting PowerShell scripts, then you better count Bash scripts. As what C? If you were counting Bash, Bash would be number one on this list. Oh sure. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, their list is a little weird. Yeah. What I what I thought was really interesting here is though, top programming languages by contributors, right? So the list we just did was top by growth, right? Who had the biggest growth year over year? Yeah, this is absolute top. Give me your number one, and you had it right last time. Oh, JavaScript, dominant, dominant. Yeah, huh? Number two, Java. Damn, number three. Uh, ooh. Ah, number three, we had a switch. We actually had to switch a switcheroo here. Hmm. The current number three. TypeScript? Python. But who did it dethrone? PHP. Yes. <laughs> Savage. All right. The current number. Holy shit. Current number. F- this is a very confusing chart. Current number five. And we'll stop at number five. Number six is C sharp. So it's not C sharp. Number five. It's either PHP, it's an oldie, or, but it's either PHP or TypeScript. C++. No. Oh, I didn't even get I, close. <laughs> and I attribute that to IoT. I think there's a lot of C++. There's been some sort of renaissance. Okay. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That makes sense. TypeScript is number seven? Okay. And yeah. Objective-C. Yeah. Objective-C. Oh, yeah? How is Objective-C doing? Good, Things right? have been better. Solid. Things doing real better. good. Oh. You know, we've hit some hard times. Um... Yeah, it gets even you know, worse when you look at people that are contributing to the projects. Like, <laughs> obviously, yeah. Objective C is not yeah, even no, no, on the it's, radar. It's so much worse. Like, <laughs> Objective C has the only has all it has is legacy now, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. All right, Whew. and we'll do the last one. Okay. Top programming languages by repos created from twenty oh eight to twenty eighteen. Huh. Give me your number one. So, so from from two thousand and eight, it's got to be JavaScript. Yes, yeah, JavaScript by a mile. Yeah. Yeah. Next. Hmm. Next is going to be. Next is going to be a gap, right? Because like nothing there, compares there, oh, to JavaScript. The, there, there, there's the Grand Canyon between one and. Is two. there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. Um. You know, I'm going to say Google made the right call. I'm going to say it's Java. It is Java. Ah! 
Uh, of course, it's Java. They've had they've had a good decade, really. Um, yeah, and then going off this uh, chart, it looks like after that there is <laughs> there is essentially a gulf. Uh, after that is Python, and then way way after that is PHP and Ruby. Didn't really expect to see much much else there, but uh, I don't know. We'll link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out. Coder.show slash three three. For Colin, though, is really the standout performer, isn't it? That's the kind of takeaway story. Yeah, yeah for new repos created, Colin's definitely uh, uh, very quickly gaining mind shares, mm. how I would put it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to make of it because I can't help but think about Kotlin with the context of Fuchsia. And Fuchsia is this potentially looming total replacement for Android. And then would the Java apps be anything more than just a supported runtime? Would there be a totally new way to create applications? So There's so many th- questions. So I think of Kotlin more as a way to clean up legacy Java, like Spring development and things like that. Right. Make it a little easier to deal with. Um, I have, as you know, Chris, a couple of years ago, or is it one year, year and a half, something like that, two years? I, I had a project. Uh, I was working, I think, with California or something like that where I shipped a spring app and the way to, it was an old spring app. The way to update it was to actually switch it to Kotlin. And this was when Kotlin just hit 1.0 to make it easier to deal with, easier to reason with. And um, just, you know, writing tests against it was a lot easier. This is a large enterprise scale application. And you just leave me hanging. (laughs) I can't tell you what it did. uh, (laughs) I'm like, okay, okay. I can tell you that rewriting legacy Java code into Kotlin made life easier for everybody. I can tell you that um, the Kotlin code was actually more performant because they were on Java 1.4. Oh, really? So, But we were able to, by leveraging Kotlin's ability to pull in a, the name is Java Jars, we were able to still leverage some of the proprietary uh, libraries they built. Hmm. You secret agent. You mysterious all, man. No, that's not me. No, 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 no. That is Alan Jude. I want to make this perfectly clear. Oh, really? And all I have to say is Putin 2020. Yeah, I agree. I'm on board. Putin 2020 and Putin, they, Putin Jude. Putin Jude. You know, this might be why my TSA pre-check has not been approved yet. Now that you told me about the listener numbers, what are the odds that there's not a TSA guy? This is like, I don't know about this guy. Well, maybe we should like make him take his shoes off and open his bag. Like, <laughs> You know, just in case for some Russian propaganda. You never know, Mr. Dominic. In fact, yeah, if you have right. to run from the law, there's only one place people should follow you, and that's probably besides coder.show slash subscribe, but also... At Dumanuco yeah, on there Twitter. You there you go. You got it. You got it. I'm at Chris Elias, and uh, those adventures, like I talked about, are all linked and described at coder.show. That's the main resource, and this episode, coder.show slash three three four thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of the coda radio program we'd love to get your contact at our feedback page i don't know you do the math on that and we'd love to have you join us live jblive.tv jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar for that lifetime thanks so much for joining us see you right back here next week <laughs>